I'm Tony Miles, the Deputy Superintendent Minister of Methodist Central Hall, Westminster, welcoming you to another of our podcasts. And on this occasion, I'm joined by Michael Wakelin, someone I've worked with for many years as a broadcaster and who's a former head of religious broadcasting at the BBC, no less, and now a religion and media consultant currently working with us in the London Methodist District. Now, Michael, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Tell us about this scriptural reasoning pleasure to be here tony well scriptural reasoning yeah it's a form of interfaith dialogue which can often be quite dull in my experience but scriptural reasoning opened my eyes to how good it could be what happens is you sit down with muslim and christian and jewish brothers and sisters and we invite each other from the different faiths to share in each other's scriptures it's all based around hospitality and great respect And you read a section of the Quran, you read a section of our own Christian New Testament, and you also read a section from the Hebrew Scriptures. You're not allowed to refer to them as Old Testament in the scriptural reasoning setting. They are Hebrew Scriptures. Mm -hmm. The passages are normally based around a theme. It might be, for example, refugees, or it Mm. might be even hospitality. It might be to do with leadership. And the passages are very carefully selected. Each passage is read from the Quran in the Arabic and from the um, Hebrew scriptures in Hebrew. The Christian one, you tend not to read it in New Testament Greek, because any really clever people can do that, and no one understands it anyway. So we tend to just read the... the I presume the others got a translation, otherwise they wouldn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, everyone everyone has the scripture in front of them in in both the Arabic or the Hebrew and English. And also it is read in English and and, Mm -hmm. uh, recited in the Hebrew and the the Arabic. So everyone has the words in front of them. Each one is um, introduced by an expert who sets the context of the passage, and then the, the text is read, and then you discuss it for maybe half an hour. It can go on a long time, scriptural reasoning, but you're normally quite focused on time because each scripture has to have exactly the same amount of time devoted to it in order to ensure an equality across the, the different faith traditions. And during that process, remarkable things happen. Like? <laughs> well, from my point of view, um, when I first started it, like others actually, you start off thinking, hang on a minute, What's a, what's a Muslim going to contribute to my understanding of Paul? And uh, my Muslim, one of my Muslim friends, Ibrahim, he said when he first started doing it, he, he thought, you know, why on earth am I inviting a Christian to comment on the Quran? These scriptures that I know so well, what's he going to say? And then Ibrahim actually turned it around and said, why would Michael want me to comment on his scriptures? So there's quite a bit of that that goes on at first. But during the, the process, as long as it's conducted well and facilitated well, you suddenly become aware that what's happening is you're getting a completely different perspective on very familiar words that you've known, you know, since you were a child. Someone's coming in and looking at them with respect and saying, what did did he mean when he said that? And they often bring such fresh insights. It's made me, honestly, it's made my jaw drop. And it's made me think, oh my goodness, I've never thought that before. But instead of it being a challenge or a threat, it has been an absolute blessing Because it makes me go back to the scriptures, look at them differently, and invariably, in in my case, I've always found that the comments that have been made have been really helpful to my understanding of it. And I've even used, um, you know, I'm a local preacher, and I've even used some of the insights I've gained from that in my sermons. And it's such a refreshing, exciting, sometimes a bit challenging, but not in any sense threatening, 
um, way of, of looking at your, your own tax. So from what you're saying, it's not so much uh, giving a reason for the faith that is in us, that kind of scriptural reasoning. It's listening to one another and learning from a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think with all great learnings, it's someone taking you from where you are and making you stand somewhere else and look at it. But the other really exciting thing, of course, is that I was... I mean, I, I know my, my um, Hebrew scriptures quite well through my Old Testament reading. But even so, when you're looking at the Hebrew scriptures through the eyes of a very experienced rabbi, oh my goodness, it's a very different concept. And they have the ability to set it in their own context, and it takes on a whole new set of meanings. And I'm no expert on the Quran. I had read it a little bit before, but now I've seen it through the eyes of my Muslim brothers and sisters and it is a very interesting document. An awful lot of similarities that you might not be aware of. Lots of similar names, some similar stories, but they have a different take. Um, and you learn, again, that reflects back on your own understanding of, say, the Joseph story. Mm. But actually you see it from their perspective and why they have such great devotion and reverence for the same prophets that we do. Now, I had the privilege of being at Methodist Conference this year and saw scriptural reasoning taking place and it was a very exciting thing to to, to witness and I learned a lot I have to say being there but I know that there are, are some Christians particularly from parts of the world where there isn't always harmony between different religious faith groups who might be a little bit cautious saying but by listening to other people's scriptures we might in some way be compromising what we believe by exposing ourselves to different teaching what would your response be to that I understand it because again when I first started there was a little bit of that in me thinking you know a Muslim is going to come and look at our texts and criticize them and I was thinking I'm going to read the Quran say and and you know that doesn't make any sense but if it's well facilitated which it, it will be the event we're going to publicize shortly if it's well facilitated that is not an issue and if everyone's gone into it with an open-hearted open-minded sense of being a guest in someone else's home that's how it feels and then you're inviting them into your home and if you went into you know your your neighbor's home and sat on their rug you wouldn't sort of you know wipe your shoes on it it, it's not what you do. This is, a, this is a gift of hospitality and sharing. And once it's done in that context, you don't feel threatened. And as I say, you actually find your own faith enhanced. And the ground rules, I suppose, are hospitality, respect yeah. and listening to each other. Definitely, yeah. And a good facilitator won't let any one person dominate the conversation, invites everyone to have their comments and, and share their own thoughts on the text. So everyone is involved. And yes, it, it becomes a very happy sharing experience and of course it's not an act of worship as such it's just an exploring together very much so that i think one of the things the scriptural um reasoning has taught me so clearly is that although there are similarities we are not the same mm -hmm. and those differences mm -hmm. are really important and certainly the work i've done with cambridge university's interfaith program over the years the distinctiveness of the faiths becomes clearer but actually along with that becomes um comes a respect for the other faiths that i've developed too we're not even the same within our own Christian denominations, let's face it. No, <laughs> we have differences in the yeah. way we approach things and the scriptures. Yeah, and that, that often well. comes out, actually, the debates, the sort of intra-faith debates that happen around scripture reasoning, yeah. It's happening on Thursday, the 15th of November, 7 o'clock at Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. There's an open invitation to anybody to come along, 7 o'clock, 
15th of November, Thursday evening. Does it cost anything? No, of course it's free. And there should be some basic uh, teas and coffees and, and uh, water and biscuits and things. So, yes, it's a, it's a hospitable event. It's open and free to everybody. Now, if somebody's listening to this podcast and wants to find out more about scriptural reasoning, where can they go to read about this? If you Google scriptural reasoning, you will find there is a scriptural reasoning um, uh, website which will give you much more background about it. It's currently hosted by the Cambridge University Interfaith Programme and also a place called Rose Castle up in uh, County Durham, which have become the sort of the, the gatekeepers of the scriptural reasoning practice. And uh, you can f- read more about it there. And there's also access to lots of the texts that are chosen on the various themes that I mentioned earlier. In fact, as you've been talking, I've just looked it up. Scripturalreasoning.org, if you want to actually there go and go. find out more about it. Yeah. Now, you've been involved in other things to do with working together with other religious faiths and to do with religious literacy as well. Tell us a little bit about the Religion and Media Centre. The Religion and Media Centre is established in order to help journalists tell stories about religion. We don't say that we'll help them tell it better. We, we want to be a resource that journalists can trust that will give them all the information they need to cover a religious story. And along with that, uh, a set of names of contributors who could offer thoughts and, and um, th- their own contributions to the, to the journalist's stories. So it's not in any way a criticism of journalists. It just recognises that journalists are really busy. And if they're covering a religious topic, they might not know the basics about it. So we give them the basic information and we, we give them um, comment from across the whole range of the debate, from secular right the way through to you know, fundamentalist, if you like, or orthodox. And that enables the journalists then to choose how they want to tell the story. It's based on the Science Media Centre, which has done a wonderful job in, in improving the way science has been covered in this country. And we recognise, as do the journalists as well, that by and large religion isn't covered very well because people don't understand it. We can't send journalists back to school, they wouldn't go. So this is a resource for them to help them do their jobs. And, of course, we'll see that develop as you, you work with your colleagues to establish that particular centre. If you were to say something to the Christian church at this time about our need for a relationship with people of other faiths, we're not talking about taking on board what they believe, but actually having a good relationship with them, what would be the story that you tell or the example that you would give to say this is so necessary today? I think it all comes down to relationships. I run a project um called the Senior Faith Leadership Programme and we run it with an organisation called Faith in Leadership and we take seven Jews, seven rabbis, seven Christian senior leaders away to a a conference centre in Windsor and we put them through various leadership exercises, we give them some teaching, I do some media training with them but the important thing that happens in in this is not the, the leadership skills they learn, it's the relationships that build up. We've been running this programme now for five years, we've got over 100 alumni now and I often, you know, I'm turning on the television, watching Newsnight, and there's three of our alumni sat on the, the sofa being interviewed about a, a religious subject. Their friendships build up, and when friendships build up, prejudice goes. Because all prejudice is ignorance. So if you actually get to know people and love them, as these people do, then things really start to change. And that's how we get rid of hatred. And I think there's one brilliant um, story at the end of, I think, of the second year we've been doing this. Uh, a rabbi on the on the program, and there was one rabbi who hadn't wanted to come, but he'd been sort of told he had to. There was an imam on the program who hadn't wanted to come, but he told he had to. And at the end, in the sort of plenary, right at the end of the, the three-day um, session, the imam stood up and he said, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I could be friends with an orthodox rabbi. 
and the two of them walked across the the room together and they embraced and I thought job done Michael, uh, I, I could talk to you forever, but this podcast has to finish in a moment. Let's just remind people where they need to go on the 15th of November. It's in the Aldersgate Room, Central Hall, 7 till 9 o'clock. And please, please come and bring your friends. Thank you very much indeed for giving us this time. Let me give you those details once again. Thursday the 15th of November, 7 to 9 o'clock in the Aldersgate Room of Methodist Central Hall, Westminster. I'm Tony Miles and this podcast is from Methodist Central Hall, Westminster, a global Christian family following Jesus at the heart of Westminster.